All right, so today is May 12th, 2020. First up is our mission statement. So a lot of people ask what RADx is. I think it's important for us to be mission-driven. The mission of the RADx program is the rapid acceleration of diagnostic testing for the virus. And the mission is to, um, as I understand it, is to have 35 million tests up and running in America um, do that once, and then 10 days later, do it again. So it's a cycle of 35, at least 35 million tests one day, and then 10 days later, more tests, and then more tests and more tests, um, and optimizing that process of deploying and delivering tests, diagnostic tests, to specifically identify where the virus is. So that's the mission, and that's what we should start with every time. It's about the testing and how do we get to that point? How do we get those numbers? So real-time stats for RADx faculty members, we have about 400 faculty members signed up and ready to go. We have eight teams that we're waiting on the NIH to give the thumbs up for us to deploy those eight teams and projects into deep dive. Other facts, we have, I think, 1,300 applications that are in the system. They're being reviewed. A lot of them aren't complete. We're recruiting. So our job is, as resources for this project is to help support these project teams. I mean, resources for the program. So we are recruiting, hopefully, the best of the best in engineering, biomedical engineering, clinical. So any, anyone who is in, uh, has clinical expertise, whether you're a nurse, a doctor, somebody who studies viruses, um, entrepreneurship, manufacturing, regulatory quality, you know, list goes on and on. If you consider yourself the best of the best in America for that, that's, that's what we're going after. Send us, um, we'll figure out how to expand our network, but start spreading the word to, to those individuals. And uh, we'll, we're coming up with a high throughput filter system. VentureWell, so VentureWell is the organization that will be handling payments. As I understand it, the funds will go from the treasury to VentureWell and then venture, venture well out to faculty members and to eventually maybe the subcontractors they handle. They're pretty well established and they handle uh, funding for the NIH, National Science Foundation, other federal awards. So this is considered like an award. Um, org chart. We're going to try to get an org chart together by the end of the day. Uh, webcams. If you are a faculty member, get a webcam get your hands on a uh, laptop that has a good webcam. I'm trying to do that myself. My team's trying to do that, but they're, so do that like as fast as possible because we're, we're jumping into deep dive and everybody needs to be able to see each other and communicate. That's the only way that we're going to be really effective. Zoom, be very familiar with Zoom, how to make recordings, how to communicate, how to utilize Zoom to the nth degree. I, I have not gotten there. I'm, I'm learning a lot. Teams, we're gonna be using Microsoft Teams, Office 365, as far as I know. That, you know, everything here can change tomorrow. Let's see, CoLab. So you signed up, you made a profile in CoLab. We're gonna be documenting everything in CoLab. That's where there will be workflows that you'll, you'll learn about. There's a lot of training, a lot of onboarding here. Um, documentation, uh, Brian is gonna talk about documentation, the importance of documentation. Also update your LinkedIn. So uh, just a little background to get everybody caught up to speed. Uh, Brian is my next door neighbor. Brian and I have uh, a lot of the same missions and work styles and work habits. We've worked on projects together in the past, and I think we have complementary skill sets. What Brian really brings to the table is uh, documentation. He, he's able to poke holes 
through our project and our program, I think in ways that we're not thinking about. And he can identify risks and, and handle risk management vulnerability. So I'll leave it to Brian to explain what his background is and his expertise. Yeah, um, again, uh, thanks again for the opportunity here. I'm a pleasure to be on board, really happy to be a part of this. It's a, a great mission, great cause, uh, and it's really going to be great to be a part of uh, hopefully solving this pandemic. So background myself, I have a background in electrical engineering from Penn State University. I started uh, right out of college at Bechtel Plant Machinery Incorporated as BPMI. Uh, we are a prime contractor for the United States Navy. And what we do is we deliver the instrumentation and control systems for the nuclear submarines and aircraft carriers. So my background ultimately is within a company that has a lot of pride and attention to detail um, and technical excellence. And one of the things that is the, the, the most important part about our credibility and our reputation is you know, what we deliver to the fleet is you know, technical manuals that ultimately require Spot on 4.0, 100% accuracy. Yeah, we have minor, minor, you know, errors or editorials that most people would consider, and that ultimately results in not being able to perform a procedure as written with a nuclear reactor and sailors on board. So uh, that's what I'm used to. That's my background. Um, I think one of the things that we've had the opportunity here to create is, you know, Denver, Denver's been entrusted with, you know, pulling together a team of people. Uh, to solve and fight this this national pandemic, this national issue. Uh, we've got a lot of flexibility, a lot of freedom, and we don't really have uh, a lot of groundwork and infrastructure in place. So we're, we're really ripe um, for error. Uh, and we gotta be very cautious on what are the things that are gonna bite us that we can't afford to make an error. And the second we make an error on something that is gonna be a record or a decision-making document with the NIH or NIBIB or you know, the, the VP, whoever else, um, you know, the second we make errors in there, then our credibility starts to get lost. And then you know, we start to you know, think about whether or not we you know, really are the right team for the job. So I, mean, I think we've got to be very careful and very cautious with attention to detail. And we got some growing pains that we'll have to work through um, and we, we don't have the time. So um, I think that's something that we'll need to pay attention to and focus on moving forward. Brian, can you spend just two minutes on reviewing the the initial analysis you did on the on the potential budget and how you see our operation running? Uh, yeah, from a budgeting standpoint, obviously we've got a, a, a huge relatively speaking, right? We've got a huge pot of money to um, that we're responsible for. Um, so one of the things that, at least from a, um, with my background, you know, if you spend too much money or over budget, obviously that's, that's a bad thing uh, and you lose credibility. Uh, if you, with an annual appropriation, if you leave money on the table and you don't spend enough money, that's as much of a problem because it goes away and it erodes your credibility and your ability. Yeah, our situation is a little bit different. Right. Uh, this is a uh, uh, supplemental appropriation. So okay. we, were, we were told explicitly uh, by the NIH, ask for more than you want because you're okay. never going to get any more. <laughs> but okay. with, that, with that said, they said, if you do need more, we will find it. So this is the first time in my career that basically we have a completely elastic budget. I mean, we need to spend the money well. There's, there's no question about that. Uh, but we really don't have to worry about budget limits or anything anything okay. along those lines. Is that ultimate, real no, ultimate flexibility? That's great. That's great to know. And I think that's a, a really good thing to have in the back of my mind. Part of what I think um, 
at least someone, and that person could be me, uh, that we need to at least understand is cost control and are we spending the money that we think we should be spending. And I did some calculations this morning to figure out, you know, are we in the right ballpark or not? So I think those are the types of things that uh, at least I will be trying to focus on uh, to at least figure out that we have a, a, re a, a decent spending plan in mind so that we're not coming to the end of this thing and there's, you know, $750 million left on the table and we don't know how we got here or vice versa. So I, I don't think I want to be surprising you or uh, anyone else. So um, that would be kind of my goal, I think, is to try to make sure we at least have a handle on it so, so that nobody's getting surprised on what we're spending. Yeah, and just, just to be clear, kind of there are two buckets of a uh, budget. One bucket of budget is the labor budget that we're spending in supporting right. teams. The other are the contracts uh, that are going to are going to teams. And, and frankly, I've been pretty clear, we're staying away from the, the gory detail of those budgets. We're just worried about the, the total budgets yeah. uh, and, and not uh, not getting into grants management or anything like that. That's NIH, that's what they do for a living, and we're not going to try to do that. Good to know. Great. Welcome. Thank you.